How are you doing? I'm good. I was just in here picking on a guitar a little bit while I was waiting on you. Well, I was going to message you about 20 minutes ago. Tommy and I were done eating, and I said, I said maybe maybe I should just message Jesse and tell him we're done early if he wants to start a bit earlier. And then I got sending emails and stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was the same thing. I was sitting here and I was messing with the stuff for the radio station and moving some uh, songs into it. And then I was like, oh, I don't play guitar for a while. I had picked up my guitar. I've been so busy. So yeah, good for you. What kind of guitar do you have? Uh, I have multiple guitars. <laughs> my <laughs> wife says too many. But this one is a Kepma. I don't know if you can see that. I've never seen that before. Oh, it's beautiful. I got a Taylor I, I play on all the time, too. But a Taylor is kind of a higher end. I like that because it's a little bit more lower sound. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've got a ta symphony, Taylor Symphony. And I'm not the guitar player. Tommy is. And he's just... You know, he's got his guild, six big body guild, and that's his, you know, that's his baby. And um, and sometimes I feel like I'm indulging with my with my uh, tailor because it's I, I feel like it should be in the hands of a better player. And so I pick up my my little vintage guitar that my first one that I ever bought, and it sounds so great. And you know, and it's just, I got a little baby Martin, and so you know, so I don't know. I go back and forth whether I should sell the tailor to someone who really would make use of it or it's got some good memories in it though right yep my uh, grandfather i got his old yamaha that i learned when he was alive and oh. it, it doesn't have a pickup or anything in it so i don't play it out live but i did buy me an ibanez uh nylon string guitar with a pickup because i've always wanted a nylon string with a pickup oh yeah beautiful so I'm, I'm in my studio that i'm building right now so i got my keys over here and i got the drum behind me well i yeah. guess it's that way um, and my yeah. guitar, I pick it on a little bit too. Oh, looks great. Looks great. I can't wait till it gets finished. And then it's going to look really good. Yeah. And I can't wait till we're there. You can meet Tommy and we'll, we'll come by and visit. And Absolutely. Guys, I tell yeah. everybody, anybody comes on the show, I haven't turned anybody away yet. You're more than okay. welcome to come on. Okay. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to you. How is it to you or to, uh, right? Tia? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm country. So I'm making sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty easy. So what we do is we're just going to have a conversation. We're just going to talk about whatever comes up, life, music, uh, dogs, baseball, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll just talk yeah. about it okay. uh, and, and listen to a few of your songs. Now, I got all the songs that you sent to me. So what we'll do is because Zoom is so weird about playing live. Normally, when they come on the show, I'll let you play live. But Zoom is the volume will fade in and out. So I just we just listen to it. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Everybody, this is the George Songbird, and we are here with Tia McGrath. Am I saying that right? McGrath? Yeah. I think of the crime dog. You remember McGruff? Crime yeah, dog? McGruff. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself, Tia. Hi, I'm Tia McGrath. It is so wonderful to be here with the Georgia Songbirds. And thank you so much, Jesse, for having me as a guest this evening. My pleasure. And guys, this is all audio, so you can't see she's wearing a Blue Jay shirt. So she's in the bird theme today. Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> are you a big baseball fan? I am. I am. I love my Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I used to uh, sing the anthems for them. And, uh, and I've sang the anthems for the Tampa Bay Rays as well. Um, and for um, when I was down in Nashville, I used to sing, sing for the sounds down there as well. Um, and also, last year, I, I started getting into the Toronto Maple Leafs going over Tuesday nights and watching hockey with my dad, which was a really cool moment. 
and he's still hoping and praying that his leafies will win <laughs> one year. <laughs> so here's to this year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Cause you're in Canada now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of like, you have to watch hockey in Canada, right? Yeah, you pretty much do. <laughs> Tommy's a Colorado boy. My husband's a Colorado boy. And, um, which, uh, he, but he's just, you know, he's kind of getting into hockey a little bit, but, uh, he's still more, he loves his, his Broncos and, and he's liking the blue Jays this year too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I took my oldest son to a hockey game when Atlanta had a hockey team. Yes. I don't think they have one anymore, but they, uh, we, he went and watched and of course the, his favorite part, which I think is everybody's favorite part is the fights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. I'd, I'd never been. That's the first time I'd ever been to a hockey game. I mean, here in, in Georgia, I mean, you, you've been in Tennessee, you know, it doesn't get cold enough here for us to have any really ice skating rinks, unless they're like indoor stuff. And when I was a kid, they never had that stuff. Yeah, yeah. See, we grew up with it. And um, we used to freeze. My parents had some ponds, fish, fish, fishing ponds, mm -hmm. trout fishing ponds. So in the in the wintertime, they'd freeze solid. I mean, these were like... Uh, in the lake, we're on Lake Erie. I mean, it freezes, so they go out and they go ice fishing out here and, you know, drill a little, Tommy can't believe this, they drill holes in the ice and they're out there with their pickup trucks and little huts and stuff. <laughs> um, but we grew up skating, you know, on these ponds and, and it was just in snow and tobogganing, you know, it was just so much fun. And so that's what we grew up with. Uh, when I moved to Nashville, and this will date myself, but um, it was in 99, um, and the Predators were just starting. And so a friend of mine, um, an engineer, Randy Gardner from Michigan, uh, Steve Warner's wonderful engineer. And uh, so Randy would call me up and say, Tia, I need someone to go to the hockey game with me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anyone interested. Will you go with me? So, so Randy and I'd go to, the hot, to see the Predators. And um, we, you know, it was kind of amazing and, and how they started out. And then they just grew and grew and grew the audience. And, mm -hmm. and now, of course, they're just amazing and incredible and have a great following. And Nashville's done very well, very well with them. I was in Nashville not too long ago playing music. So it's, it's funny. Usually people talk about go, they come from Canada to Nashville, but you went from Nashville to Canada. How come you made the reverse? Yeah, that's a great question, Jesse. Um, I moved to Nashville in 99 to further my music career. I'd started up in up here in Canada and I moved there to really pursue songwriting. I knew I was already an artist up here and I'd had videos and everything and da da da. But I really wanted to up my songwriting. And so when I moved there, I met Tommy, my husband, he had just moved there from LA via Colorado, and he had a songwriting deal in hand. And he's one of the few songwriters that I know that actually moves to Nashville with a full staff deal. So he's just a great melody writer. And so we met through his publisher and uh, we just started writing together. And then I would seek out other writers, you know, like, like really great writers writing up, you know what that mm -hmm. means, right? And so that's what they tell us in Nashville, right? Write up, which means you seek out writers who are more established than you, uh, more professional, you know, have been in the business longer, whatever. And it was a painful thing to do, but I'm so glad I did it. And I mean, I wrote with Andrew Gold. Um, I had already been writing with people like Randy Bachman from BTO and um, Guess Who up here. And so I wasn't afraid to approach writers and say, 
I really love to write with you. Um, you know, here's my here's my demo, and I'd hand it to them, and and just you know just just wait until I could could get that opportunity, and had some beautiful opportunities, and I just love songwriting, just love mm -hmm. it to pieces. Oh yeah, and for I think for the most part, songwriters are probably more open than like artists that are ever going to be. Isn't it true? And and you, your songs travel with you. They they define your life and. Do you ever find that, Jesse, you write a song and maybe five years later you're out performing it and you feel like you've finally gotten <laughs> what your mm -hmm. song means, that you've grown into it, so mm -hmm. to speak, right? Right. It's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. Except a lot of my songs are more heathenistic, so my wife is like, you better not be growing into those songs. <laughs> <laughs> when I met her, I'll give you an example, because I'm working on an album now for the band. Uh, it's going to be called Bad For Me. And I wrote this song, and years ago, uh, when I first met my wife, I was working at a place called Mar uh, Mardi Gras here in Atlanta. It was, if, if you guys don't know what it is, it, well, what it was, it was a strip club. So I was like the doorman and I, I did like bar back and stuff like that. And I told her when I met her, that's where I work. So she wouldn't, wouldn't be like a lie. And I'm at a strip club and she didn't know why I told her, but she didn't know what it was until we're out eating one night and I go to buy her dinner and I got like a hundred ones in my wallet. Cause that's what they gave me all these ones. And she goes, well, you at the strip club. I'm like, I told you that's where I work. <laughs> so <laughs> see, it's like, I didn't keep that job much longer. I kind of moved away from that, but I wrote a song called bad for me. She goes, that's about a stripper, isn't it? I said, it is. <laughs> oh, that's great though. You know, we're all human beings, Jesse, you know, it's like that. That's awesome. I love that. Really love that. So I was looking at your bio because I like to be somewhat prepared when I talk to people and you you have a lot of stuff now. You do a, a podcast too, right? Yes. Um, can you hear my cuckoo clock in the background? I can. I was like, is that my end or your end? That's my end. That's our cuckoo clock. Got this in Frankenmuth, Michigan. Tommy bought me. A cuckoo I've clock. been there. That's where they had that. Um, um, that's the only place in Michigan I went. That's where they have that uh, big Christmas store, right? Yes, Bronner's. Yes. I've been there. I love oh, that. Yeah, and the and the big chicken dinners, the sit down chicken dinners, where mm -hmm. you share it, you know, family style and. Um, yeah, so, um, a podcast show. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thought you would get sidetracked. <laughs> um, so, you know, during the pan, so something that Tommy had, when the pandemic hit, you know, podcasts were just kind of coming out at the time and Tommy had been listening to them and he kept saying, we should do a podcast show. We should do a podcast show. And, and I said, well, what would we do it about? And he goes, I don't know. Let's put our thinking caps on. So when the pandemic hit, um, we had our studio, we have a home studio and we have our songs and we have our rescue dogs and we have my children's book, Jake, the road dog, which is about our rescue dog from Nashville. And, mm -hmm. and I said, why don't we tie this all together and we'll call it Jake's place songs and tales songs and tales being T A I L S. Right. And it was such a cool, a cool moment when we, when we had this idea. And I remember the first episode, Tommy's you know, putting the microphone in front of me and we created this little, he, he, he loves the editing and everything. So he created this little, um, actually took the sound of the lighthouse from Port Dover, where we live near where we live and put it in as our opening. And, um, and then I just started talking about our rescue dog and, and our travels on the road as songwriters. And, and it's just led to, to different opportunities to interview people, to talk about our songs. The next one we're going to do is about England. 
we did a lot of touring in England, 14 years over there, met a lot of friends. And so recently, of course, Queen Elizabeth passing away. And so we're going to do a little podcast episode for our friends in England and tribute to them. Yep. I've met doing when I started this, the same read, I started a little before the uh, pandemic, but the, the whole countdown and everything that I, that came that, you know, now that type of your songs are in and the radio, it all grew after that because I had to find some way to make content yeah. for, for to bring guests because I couldn't get guests in. And I met a lot of people over from the UK. They're great, great music scene over there. Oh, they're, they're so talented. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had the opportunity to write with some of the writers over there too. And, and uh and grow you know grow up with these people right like we like i said 14 years so um some of them are just just fantastic and and we would always welcome songwriting sessions over there whenever we could on a day off from gigging there was a there's a guy over there named james reed uh it's r-e-i-d i don't know if you know him and james if you're listening i'm i always like to give a shout out he is probably one of the most amazing singers i have ever heard and we talked about it in the episode and I asked him, I said, well, how'd you get into to singing? And it was funny because that's why I do this is I want to hear everybody's story as much as they're the same, they're different. So he got into it because his wife heard him sing and was like, you need to go sing. So she bought him like a, um, a package at some kind of local producer, you know, to go sing a song. And yeah. so he, he goes in there and this, and the producer is like, you know, okay, what do you, what do you do? He goes, I want to do an Adele song. He goes, okay, you're going to do that. Well, okay. And so the producer's thinking that this isn't, you know, it's just some guy coming in. He's going to take his money and, and leave. And then he starts to sing and he goes, okay, wait a minute. Stop. He says, we need to do this the right way. Yeah. And then it took off from there. And that's why, like I said, doing this, I meet so many people like yourself. Yeah. And like I said, I, I enjoy hearing stories and making connections. And that's what I think the, hard, the hardest thing for people to do is to make networks and connections with fellow songwriters. Cause I love to co-write. You know, it, it's, you got to learn to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's therapeutic too, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. you sit in a room with a songwriter. See, when we were in Nashville, we would actually sit in the room together and now you can do it all virtually and everything, which we've done. And, um, but you end up like, like we are now just chatting. Mm-hmm. And, and when you actually go to write the song, you find that by then you've kind of sussed out what you're going to write about and your emotions pour into it. And when you're done, you feel like, wow, I've just had kind of a, <laughs> a, a session with my shrink, <laughs> you know, um, able to get get through some things and, and put some things down on paper and hopefully connect with people that you heal. Every time Tommy and I write a song, it doesn't matter who we're writing with, we go in with the same notion that we just hope that this song will bless and heal someone. And whether it's make them laugh, make them cry, make them whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, make them feel like they've got some stuff to work on, whatever it is. Um, we just hope that that our music touches people in that way, because at the end of the day, music is, as we're finding out, is becoming like harder and harder and harder to make a living at. And you really have to have the, you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And you mentioned about writing a lot. I know a lot of songwriters, even myself, started off with poetry and writing. Did you, you, you got a book out, you said, right? Did you start with writing or did songwriting lead you to writing? Song, uh, songwriting led me to writing my, my children's book. Absolutely. Uh, when I was a little girl, I always, 
you know, dreamed of being, I had three things down that I wanted to be either a professional golf pro, <laughs> um, um, a radio broadcaster or a children's author. And when I was in high school, all of a sudden I found out I could sing. And so I started going into competitions and I joined up for our little theater and I started doing musicals and on, you know, we had a wonderful English teacher. So then when I was 19, I entered the Canadian Open Country Singing Contest and I won it and ended up from there going on CBC TV with Johnny Cash and June Carter and and I won <clears throat> some money and free recording time. So I went and bought myself a guitar. We were talking about our guitars earlier. I bought myself my, my little um, um, Seagull guitar, Vantage Seagull. And I taught myself three chords, you know. Let me guess, GCD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think an A minor. I think an A minor. And I wrote my first song. And so by the time I went into my recording session with the free recording session that I'd won in Niagara Falls, I, um, I'd written this song and I went in and recorded it and, and it was very serendipitous. It was like my dad was acting as my manager and he started sending it out to radio and we had radio calling us up and, and so it was just, just really crazy. So I tucked away the idea of writing a book until I had the right idea for it. And then one day we were on the road at a festival and Susie Gibson and I, Susie wrote wide open spaces for Dixie Chicks. And we were talking about our road dogs and how important they are to musicians and traveling musicians and how, you know, we don't leave home without them. And she's got her van decked out with special air conditioning for the <laughs> Texas, you know. And so it got me thinking about Jake, our road dog that we had adopted in Nashville and how he'd gotten to the point where we took him up on stage with us wherever we went and people loved him and, and the healing process that had transpired since we'd adopted them. So I wrote my book, Jake the Road Dog, and put a couple songs in it, three songs in it. And it's that's led to a beautiful journey as well of going into schools and libraries around the world, doing our, our songs and tales events. See, and everybody loves dogs. My wife just, she's going, she's hiking the Appalachian Trail. She's doing it like in pieces, right? Because she wants to do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She wants me to go with her. And I asked her, she's trying to kill me. She says, no, she just wants me to go with her. I'm like, <laughs> I've lived in the mountains my whole life. I don't need to walk up and down them. I can go outside and walk up and down the mountain. <laughs> but she went, she just went this past weekend and she met this lady who was doing the AT who was blind and she had a black lab. That was her CNI dog. And this dog led her through the AT. And I was like, oh, oh my God, that's, I'm like, that's so amazing on winning. That's, that's kind of scary. I mean, like it's, it would be hard for, for oh anybody to hike it. I can't imagine hiking the AT and not being able to see where you're going. Wow. You need to have her on your show. I do. I need to, I need to find out who she was talking to my wife. If, if she got contact, cause my wife loves talking to everybody. So she yeah. may have got that. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. But you know, in some aspects though, like her sensory, if the dog's her vision, right. Her, her hearing and everything would be so, she'd probably hear things that we wouldn't hear, right? right. She'd be more in tune with that, yeah. Because hmm. she's telling me the story. She's like, when the dog wasn't working, he was like a regular dog laying down, rubbing his belly, just playing. And then as soon as he went on to work, he just went to work. Took on a different form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Animals are so, they're so interesting to me. We have a husky. We have a bunch of dogs. But my, my little girl has a full-bred husky that we just got her. Yeah. Do you have a husky too? 
Yeah. They are some of the funniest creatures oh. in the world. I love huskies, but this dog, I swear sometimes he's just about, he, he just has no sense. <laughs> he doesn't. He'll, he'll talk to you. It's funny. Yeah. I can, I'll get him to talk by singing horribly just to make him do it. He's like, and he'll start singing. And my wife was leaving one day. She, she heard him go, hello. And she just freaked her out. Well, they do, don't they? They talk like you, you can't you can't describe it to people unless they've heard. I saw someone put on Facebook, the police showed up at her door one night and said, ma'am, we've had a complaint about someone, a woman screaming in here. And she says, well, I want you to come in and meet my husky. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like we've, we rescued Miko and we adopted Miko and Savannah, our new dogs from Niagara Humane Society. And they were brought up from North Carolina. And um, so Miko's story is really kind of incredible. The guy who had him before us had found Miko tied to a tree in a rainstorm. And, um, you know, he like was choking and upset and, and everything. So this guy had, had rescued him. And then he had, he and his family separated. And so they had to sell all their dogs and get rid of it. So they took them to the Humane Society there and they transferred them up here. So Miko to this day just rainstorms and um he gets he gets kind of freaked out if there's a storm coming or whatever and but he talks he he does he talks and he's he's funny and then our we have a catahoula cur and you guys down the south would know what that catahoula they're the um louisiana bird dog i guess and so she's funny so by miko doing the husky talk she's got this baying you know catahoula curb (laughs) but now she'll go she'll try to talk like Miko it's really cute and we get them going during the Jays games (laughs) see poor Apollo is our husky it's my daughter's husky we've got a black lab named Bella and she's like so old she's almost 14 she's almost Mm -hmm. blind almost deaf and then we got Buddy who's a mixture of like a pit bull shepherd and he's like 12 so he's old too so they're all old and crotchety they just bark and growl at this poor dog and he just wants to play i've never seen another dog pet another dog he will walk up to the old lab and take his paw and just gently touch her and like he's like he's petting her and she's like rah, 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 rah. Oh, <laughs> like leave me alone yeah and, and then he'll aggravate buddy because he wants him to play so he'll take his squeaky and then when buddy's turn he'll touch his butt and make him turn him around and chase him <laughs> there he's so funny Oh, they're awesome, aren't they? Yeah, yes. Yeah. See, I could go. We could make this a dog podcast. I don't. Well, care. see our songs and tales. I'll have you as a guest on my show, Jesse. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll bring my little girl who loves music and her dog, and we'll let him talk. Yeah, to her. absolutely. And we'll play. Yeah. Okay, you got it. So, like I said, we'll like with this. I told you it will go off. Just talk about whatever comes up, and I, I like conversations better because I get to know you and I get to yeah. uh, learn a little bit about you. Now, you mentioned something about a library, and did I read it right? Had some, you had something to do with Dolly Parton or a library or something? So Dolly Parton has a wonderful, wonderful program that she started um, in honor of her father, who was illiterate. It's called the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. And she has chapters all around the world, you know, and their idea is and their, their mission is to get books in the hands of children who to read. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> to promote reading. And so our we live in Norfolk County here um ontario canada and so they started a a dolly Parton imagination library chapter and 
I had just written my book, Jake the Road Dog, and released it independently when, when they started it. And so we've done a few benefit concerts for them prior to COVID. We donate uh, money from the, our book sales. We donate a portion of, the, of sales to them. And um, it's just a really, yeah, Dolly's amazing. I mean, man, if there's, if there's one, one artist in the world like you get those questions, who would it be that you'd love to, you know, sit and have a have a cup of tea or a glass of wine with? I always say Dolly. Just oh yeah, Dolly. Yeah. See, and I, I, I've reached out to her. I haven't heard back yet. I doubt I ever will. I'm trying to get her on the show oh. because she is such a huge influence to, I mean, every songwriter, female songwriter especially, but every songwriter. Mm -hmm. And I do have it. I have a little bit of an end, but I don't know if we can get it. Uh, there's a buddy that I write with. Uh, me and her friends, he, his mom lives like five minutes from here. Uh, his name is Keith. He's in the band Trick Pony, and he used to be the bassist for Joe Diffie. Mm -hmm. Well, he played a concert with, when he was with Joe, and they met Dolly, and he was telling a, a dirty joke, and she walked up, and he stopped because it's Dolly Parton, and then she told him even a dirtier joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to ask him if he's got a, if he can reach out and get her on the show. I'd love to talk to her because like, she's like the one that yeah. I, I would love to talk to. Yeah, yeah, she's just a gift to the world, isn't she? Oh, yes. She really is, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's our queen. She's our queen. We'll call her our, our songwriting queen. The country oh, queen. <laughs> country queen. Well, let's, let's, like I said, we're going to listen to your songs too. So we're talking about music. Let's hear one of your songs. Which one do you want to hear first? Oh, gosh. Um, why don't we go with Go Your Own Way? Okay. What okay. I'm going to do is I'm going to share the screen so you can see I've got everything lined up right here. And so we'll set this up. Like you can see, I got tons of songs. Three Days Grace. Oh, I listen great. to everything. Great. The Thrill is Gone is me playing. That's the one we practice on the band. Cool. Playing. cool. So we're going to do Go Your Own Way. Now, as a songwriter myself, I want to hear the story about behind this song. Okay. So Go Your Own Way. Tommy and I were in uh, Long Los Angeles. And we had a songwriting session with Kevin Fisher. And... Um, for those of you who, who aren't familiar with Kevin, you need to Google him and look at his videos. He's just one of the most amazing songwriters, human beings ever. He's just a, just a wonderful, wonderful person and songwriter. So we had this, this uh, session with Kevin and um, we landed at the airport. And as we're getting off the plane, we get word that Tommy's mom has just passed away from cancer, which we knew she was in final stages in Colorado. So we hesitated. We thought, should we cancel the session with Kevin, you know, and head to Colorado? And we figured his mom would want us to carry on with it. So we went to Kevin's house. We went into his studio. We told him what was going on. And he says, oh, guys, you know, if you need to cancel. And we said, no, let's just try to write something. And then she'd want, it, want us to do that. So he said, well, I got this idea. There's a major label artist in Nashville. She's a new mom. She's looking for a song about any bullying. And what about we write something to pitch to her? We said, okay, great. So this is the song that we wrote. And we wrote two others with Kevin that, that day. And then we headed off to, to Colorado for Tommy's family um, gathering and everything. So then last year, during the pandemic, we're going through boxes of, you know, old Nashville demos. And this this one, I think we wrote in like 2018. So 
we're going through and I listened to this and I said, you know, this is really great. Like the, the whole, the whole uh, demo that Kevin did with us over the internet is really great. So I submitted it to the Empower Music Awards. And lo and behold, last year we won the category of social justice, best song, best social justice song. And so we're really thrilled with it. And I, and we just did tweaked it, added some little bells and whistles. And basically this is the demo just polished a little bit that went on the new EP. Okay. Nice. This I'm gonna mute us and I'm gonna play it. So just give me a thumbs up when you can hear it. Okay.
There you go. Yeah, you okay. got to unmute. I got to unmute. Okay. <laughs> That's why I edit these things down because okay. somebody's usually me is going to like mess up something. <laughs> is that Tommy singing along too? Yeah, Tommy and Kevin and uh, Steve McClintock was, was singing along in there too. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that song. Um, it is very anthony. I like the anthem style for the song that, that you did. I really did. I like that a lot. Thank you. Uh, can you say who you pitched it to? Martina. Martina. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did she yeah. take it to get on hold or anything or? Nope. No, nope. we didn't get a hold with it. But, See, it's uh, funny how that works. Right. So like there's stories of people like of writing. Um, Keith was telling me story. One buddy wrote a song for uh, George Jones. Mm-hmm. Never took it. 20 years later, George cut it. So it's, it's funny how, how that it works. Is. Yeah, really. Um, I don't know. I was wondering if you have the song, uh, Lee Greenwood rocks. You can't move. Do you have that in your, I do, I do not have that one on here. Tommy wrote that, um, with a couple other great writers in Nashville and they Lee at the time, it was right before nine 11 and Lee was putting out his album stronger than time. And <clears throat> so he found his, his, publisher pitched him the song and he loved it so much that he walked around the row at the time saying I want songs like this and he recorded it it was climbing the charts it was you know Tommy was so excited and his co-writers were so excited and it was climbing the charts and then when 9-11 happened they pulled it and re-released his God Bless America Lee's God Bless America song so so it's you know and the song just kind of went by by and by then Mm -hmm. and uh, so it is funny, isn't it? It's it's interesting how songs have their own life and their own journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, I'll let you hear the one that I wrote with me and Keith after the show so you can hear it. It got put on hold with Alan Jackson and we never heard anything else about it. So it, yeah. it's you never know. And and that's kind of what being a songwriter is for. It's, you get it out. It's fun. That to me is my favorite part. I mean, yeah. singer-songwriter gets thrown out because you have to sing your songs, but I would rather be writing the songs, playing the music, just let somebody else sing them. That's just me personally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's a mentality that some songwriters, they don't quite get. They want to be the one on stage. And it's okay, right. Right, it's okay to like, here, take my song and make it better. Right, right. It's like it's like having the right guitar. I mean, you can have a beautiful Gretsch sitting there, but if it's not the right tone and not the right voicing for the mm-hmm. song, then you know you you not you don't use it right. You and right. This, and I think the same with with a song like um, like go your own way. We recorded it. Like I said, um, I also had a friend of mine recorded a, a male a male friend of mine, and he did a great version of it. Um, and so it's two different voicings, you know, you've got, you've got the female perspective, the male perspective and, and, um, and then maybe someday, you know, someone will come along and, and like Martina and say, Hey, wait a minute, I want to record. And then just take it to a different level altogether of her own. Right. Oh yeah. I could, I mean, she, you can give her anything to sing. That woman would just play it. It's she's so talented. Yeah. She's so talented. I mean, I I love country music. I love all kinds of music. I mean, I'm, if you've listened to the show, you know, I talk to everybody, rock bands, country bands, singers, songwriters, hip, I don't care. It's all yeah. music. It's all a journey. Mm-hmm. And there's just some people like Martina that just is so much more talented in a certain area. Like you're saying, Tommy is a, is a great melody writer. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a lyricist. I'm, I'm, I struggle on melody. I do. I'll be honest. That's, that's yeah. one of the things I wish I could do more of. I'll hook you up with Tommy. Then you two can write. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to. We I can do a three-way right. Cause we, cause I love, I, I, um, I, I love doing lyrics. I love writing lyrics and, um, and, uh, but Tommy, Tommy's just, he's, he's so in tune with melodies. Like he'll just sit here and write melodies, you know, and, and I'll go, man, that's, that's beautiful. And, and then it inspires the lyric to go with it or the, mm-hmm. the title, you know, the idea. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. And I tell anybody that will listen to me, I'll write with anyone and I'll try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you know what? How do you know if you don't try? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm doing something like that here for Georgia's. I'm doing a collaboration album and I'm either writing or co-writing with other artists or songwriters and then letting other artists sing it. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote one with a, a lady here in Georgia. Her name is Jana Jennings. She's like, she's like Tommy. She's like, she can take a melody she took this song, we wrote it, we wrote it together, and she took a melody that I didn't even think of. I'm like, that is so good. I wish I could do that. <laughs> oh, that, that's beautiful. Well, you know, but but lyrists, I mean, lyricists are needed too, right? Right, so, unless it's an instrumental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how is the, you've been, pl- are you getting to play out now? Oh, you know, it's a good question. We, uh, we're, we're dipping our toe in the water, so to speak. Um, we weren't prior to the pandemic, like Tommy and well, Jake, Jake got sick. Our dog, Jake got sick back in 2019 and was diagnosed with uh, degenerative myelopathy, which is, if, if anyone knows about it, it's, it's a sad disease. They gradually go paralyzed. Right. And like I said, he was our baby. And so he, so we decided at that point we were tired we've been on the road for 14 years touring all over the states canada england all over and so we took some time off for jake and we did a couple other shows that that year and then then of course 2020 everything shut down and so now we're kind of slowly getting back out there we're going to farm which is the folk alliance regional midwest um, near chicago in october we're coming back down to nashville and um, <clears throat> been nominated for a Josie Award, which is really exciting. And um, we're going to see some friends down there and maybe do a little bit of writing. And, um, and we're starting to get some local gigs around here, churches and benefit concerts and things. And Christmas concerts are starting to come in. But we're not in a hurry to get back out there like we were. It's just a different world. You know, flying, for one thing, is a nightmare. And... Um, work, work visas. I always travel everywhere with a work visa and work permit. And so, so that's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to do. Um, because everything's so iffy right now, I'm hearing from friends that venues still are closing or they're, they're reopening with new, new owners, new agents, new promoters, everything. So it's like starting from scratch, isn't it? Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, for anybody, singer songwriters, like I, I, I try to push more for the band. They don't hire many bands. I mean, you got a certain venues that you can only do bands that, that, that won't even take a band because it's not set up for it. And then you got the ones that did that just can't afford it anymore. They can't no. afford to pay a band. No, no. And today, this is something that I thought, and, and I don't know if we should talk about it or if it's something that we don't want to talk about, but it's your show, Jesse. So you just, um, but I, it was on social media that, uh, um, a radio promoter had posted about a band who's giving away their music. They've, they've literally made a post saying, we're giving away our music for free. 
our, our new EP for free. Um, we'll mail it to you. And he's saying, no, this is the way it's done. This band knows what they're doing. Music is a not a commodity anymore. You are supposed to. And I'm like, well, how how are we supposed to keep going? Like the eight, the, the engineers are not free. The studio time is not free. The musicians are not free. Um, manufacturing is not free. So we're not just giving away free. You're going in the hole by doing that. Yeah. So how, how can you possibly carry on? And yet I know that there's people listening here today would go, but I get my, my internet for free. I can watch TV for free. Um, not really I, though. You got it. You're yeah. supposed to pay for it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. You know? Um, so that's a whole other animal that I would be open to discussing sometime because oh. I don't know how bands, please enlighten me. If, if a band has an idea how to do this and how to keep going down the road, um, I'd love to hear it because I'm, I'm trying to mull this over my head. Like, well, if this is the new way, how do we do it? It, I don't think it's the new way. I think what you got is you have so much saturation because of like Spotify and stuff. People can just put their music. It's so easy to get your music out there. They're doing TikToks and reels. And the, that's kind of people's mentality is like, okay, let's do a 30 second reel or a minute. however long. See, I don't know how long they last, but what they're not understanding is there's, there's cause and effect for everything. Absolutely. And, and when you start, degrading the music like that mm. and give it i mean I, I get trying to get your name out i don't know if i'd give away an ep maybe a song maybe a down a free download i yeah. can kind of i can get with that right but, but if you if you i guess they're doing it themselves so they don't see the cost like i own a pest control company too that's my my job besides this i don't this i don't get paid for i get paid for that this i do because i love music and i love talking to people one day i'll figure out the the monetized part and I'll make money off of it, but that's for later. <laughs> but for, for the band, to me, it seems like because they, they probably made it themselves, it's probably okay quality. Maybe they're good. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what band it is, but they don't see the value in, in what they do. And if you don't see the value in what you do, no one else will. Well, music is the art. I mean, and this mm -hmm. is what they, they were carrying on, like the conversation or this post went on to say, that it's not the music anymore. It's it's like your branding, your, you know, and so, and I had another conversation with a friend of mine from Nashville, actually, who said that artists now are starting to sell. They don't sell their music on stage. So, because people aren't buying it. So they're starting to sell like knickknacks out of your house and jewelry and, and, and like, I'm like, so I told Tommy, I said, <laughs> I said, we have to set up a store on my, on my webpage and I'll just, you know, put up some of my old jewelry and stuff. And <laughs> says, I want to make music. I'm not, I'm not a, I don't want to sell jewelry. Right. You know, he was like, he was offended by it. Just my husband mentioning it to him. And I thought like, if this is where we're at now, music is art. It's, it's, you know, it's like you don't go to a car dealership and say, well, give me the car and maybe I'll come back and, you know, bring it in for a tune up or something. It's it's like, you know, it's it's the thing, right? right. It's the thing. Like, this it, is why you're having your show. It's songwriters. Yeah. And I, the best the problem is, and I'm on quotation with influ influencers, is most of them what they're selling. All right. It's product. It's, I, I get the brand thing. You want to make your brand, but mm -hmm. you don't want your brand. Same like I'll use my business. I don't want my pest control company to be known as the cheap pest control company. I'm right. not going to charge 
lower prices just to get people in. That's right. that's ridiculous. They don't again, you don't see the value, they're not going to see the value. It's the same thing with this is everybody's trying to get rich quick and they're trying to get a scene that they're they're selling and I don't say they're selling their soul, but they're they're selling themselves short by not not you take advantage of what you have, but you still got to make you got to find a way to do it the right way. Because if you just give again, if you give it away, it's, it's not, there's no value. And I I can see what you're saying. And I I completely agree. I don't think that if that's the way that music is going to go, then it's in trouble. But I think there's more of us that believe that that's, there's still value in it than they are. Thank you, Jesse, because I was having a meltdown this afternoon. (laughs) Like, well, (laughs) why, you know, like, how are you going to keep on keeping on? I mean, you know, we're not expecting to, you know, um, in this day and age to sell millions of CDs or millions of, of downloads like, like you used to, but, but um, you still have to, keep the studio lights on and keep the musicians fed and keep the engineers coffee hot. And you know what I mean? Like it's, um, and, and do you remember like a few years ago it was a Starbucks, it was a Starbucks mantra, which was Starbucks charged more for their coffee because then it made you feel like you were getting a better coffee, Mm -hmm. right? People would pay for that. So now it's kind of gone completely 180 from that and no, just give it away. And then that way the people will fall in love with you and then hopefully they book you. Right. Starbucks still doesn't give it away though. Starbucks no. is still, I took my daughter to Starbucks. It was $13 for her alone. She got right. some kind of weird drink, which I won't even order it because I don't know what the hell is she saying. <laughs> and then she got some, uh, like a candy pop and a food and it was $13. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all by yourself. I mean, yeah. oh my God. So yeah, I always tease my wife about being a yuppie because she loves Starbucks. <laughs> She'll drink Starbucks. Like, how can you pay $5 for a cup of coffee you can make in your Keurig? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. get it, but that's See? And there, brand. that proves our point. Right. Exactly. Doesn't it? Starbucks said completely the opposite of that idea, which was no, 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 no. What you're saying, it's, it's making your point that, that if you believe in your product, then, then, then you price it as such and people will pay that they will mm-hmm. pay for it according because they want to see it you know they they want to enjoy it right and uh see it stay around for a while so that's what i was saying put your money where your mouth is Mm. yeah if you if you don't think it's worth nothing then okay then i'll I'll take it and i'll i'll fine i'll take whatever you got like like with with this like i said when i meet other songwriters and i I try to do classes and stuff and we'll we'll talk about that you know when i'm when i'm meeting somebody but everybody's in a different part of the journey and they're just trying, they're trying to climb that ladder. They're trying to see where do they fit into the music scene. And I believe that some people have unrealistic, unrealistic goals. I don't think I'm not saying you shouldn't dream and try to get your music heard and get get played, but you got to know your strengths and weaknesses and you got to try to get better at them. If you ignore it, like, like I was telling you, my melodies, I'm, I'm not horrible with melodies, but I'm not great with melodies. I could be a lot better. I know that. So I know where my strengths, my weaknesses are. I'm not going to come out and say, oh, I'm a better melody writer than so-and-so. Why would I do that? I'm, but I'm also 45 years old and I've learned better. And right. I think that's all it takes is they got to learn. Oh, yeah, wisdom. And, that, and isn't that the beauty of it, too, that we're um, one of the first pieces of advice I ever got in the music industry was, 
artists have a shelf life, but songwriters don't. I mean, mm -hmm. we could be writing until we're 105, right. you know, God willing. So, um, and, and even right now, I mean, like coming through the pandemic, there's going to be a whole flood of, of songs that down, you know, down the road, history is going to look back and go, wow, like that, that was, that was an important time period. And this is what I'm saying. Like it's art. This is art reflecting our, our society. We've just come through a pandemic and a world pandemic and our art should reflect that as, right. as, as art. I believe everything goes in a circle. I mean, think about in the fifties when the songs write two minutes, two and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. So now again, they're short again, they're, they're skipping bridges. They're not repeating a lot of courses. They're short. It's just part of the music business. So until the next big thing comes and flips it because Spotify for all its wrongdoings and all its quirks, it does get your music card to people that it wasn't wouldn't in the first place. But at the same time, if you think you're making any money off of Spotify, you haven't looked at that little bank check thing that they give you. Yeah, and it's like yeah. zero, 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 eight. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too, you know, um, is that we are able to reach people that we couldn't reach before. And back to what you and I were talking about, you know, 20 minutes ago, if your heart's in the right place for why you're writing a song, really at the end of the day, you just want to reach as many people as you can, right? You, right. you want to touch as many souls. And um, so, so I think that in that, that way, we have to just trust that um, people will do the right thing. If they love it, they'll, you know, they'll buy it. Um, I had a lady call me this afternoon message me and then ask me if I'd call her because she wants to talk about booking us for a concert for a fundraiser at her, at her, um, in her town. And she says, I just love your podcast shows, Tia. Thank you so much. And, and I said, oh, well, thank you. You've just, you know, encouraged me to keep going with them. <laughs> right. Every time you hear that, you know, someone says, I actually sit and listen to your, your podcast show. It's like, wow, that's cool. And so we just have to keep knowing that we're touching people like that and reaching, reaching souls. And, and then in turn, they will do what they're going to do, whether they call you for a gig, whether they buy it, you know, whatever tell their friends, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. My oldest son says he won't listen to my podcast. My voice puts him to sleep. <laughs> and my youngest, I've got twins, boy and a girl. Now they're 13. And Gibson, the voice says, Daddy, why do you talk like that? I'm like, what do you mean? He says, you got a deeper voice on your podcast. I'm like, I can hear myself because I put the speakers on. Yeah. Like, I, I grew up with a speech impediment, so I, I always hated talking in front of people. Mm -hmm. And so to get myself out of that, I would sing and I would do this because it forces me to, to have a conversation and to get uncomfortable knowing that I sound in my head, I sound worse than I am because everybody tells me, oh, Jess, you got a great voice for podcast. I'm like, well, I knew I had a face for radio, but I didn't know I had a voice for radio too. <laughs> you do. Well, that's beautiful. So share with me. Do you mind sharing with sure. me the, the speech impediment? Well, growing up in the South, you know, everybody has that kind of Southern accent when they're little and they can't say their certain letters. Well, me, my dad, he had a bad speech impediment too. And he wouldn't talk right in front of my sister. My sister's older. So she got to, she read and she did her thing and she talked more like my mother. My dad, because my mom went to school and I was little, had to take care of me. So I was around him more. So I started talking oh. like him. Mm -hmm. And then like they told me I was tongue tied and then I couldn't say my S's or my R's or my W's or 
Uh, there was a lot I could say. I was in speech for years and to the point where even in high school, I just, I wouldn't go in high school. I said, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get, cause you talk about the anthem song. I'm not going to get in a situation where I got to fight because somebody makes fun of the way I talk. Right. So I'm just going to, you know, I'd just be quiet, but I couldn't say many of, I, there's still certain words that I can't say because of the way the, the words are put together. And I think that's probably part of my, my melody problem is because I'm so self-conscious of how I'm talking that I won't put certain words in a song. Yeah, that's very interesting, isn't it? Wow. But wow. Like I guess I, I forced myself that. And I think that's yeah. what the problem is. A lot of people is they don't want to get out of a comfort zone. Well, you know, and, and when I was when I was a little girl, I had a real bad homesickness problem, like like really bad. I couldn't go spend a night at friends places. You know, my mom and dad would get the call, come pick tea up. She's crying and and homesick, like like the, the literal feeling of sickness. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't just, you know, I'm sad and I miss mommy and daddy. It was like I would be sick, physically sick. And <clears throat> so when I when I uh, knew that this is what I wanted to do was was make a career in music and to think of ever moving to Nashville by myself was never, I mean, never in a million years would I ever think of dream of doing that. You know, my thing was how do I even get on stage, get on the road and get up on stage or go on tour. And um, I just remember, like you said, you have to get to the place where you've got to get past it. You've got to get through it. And you just go, well, if I really, really want to do this, I have to get out of my comfort zone right. on this. And, and I like that. So we'll listen to another one of your songs, which you want to hear next. Okay. Um, do you want to hear a ballad or do you want to hear something else up tempo? Uh, your choice. I like, I like them all. So it okay. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, let's play clockwork. Okay. It's, it's a lovely little tune. Um, now, yeah, because, because this is a song, um, that is yeah. Clockwork. So this is cool. So Tommy had this melody written. And it's one of those, um, it was one of the last songs written for the EP. And I had heard, this is, we wrote it back in, um, back in the spring, like early spring, like February or something. And so he played the melody one day and I went, oh my gosh, Tommy, that is so amazing. And it just, it just spurred this, this vision of this little man walking by my door with flowers, kind of, if you've seen the movie Under the Tuscany Sun, and in the in there, there's a there's a little old man that that walks. Diane Lane sees him, and every day he comes up and he puts flowers down for his in memory of his wife. So anyway, I was picturing this little man walking by our door with flowers and talking to him, and and it just this kind of little movie started going in my head. And so we took the dogs for a walk, and we we wrote the song, we put the lyrics to it. By the time we got back from the walking the dogs, we had this written. And it is one of my favorite songs on on the EP. And I want to dedicate this if there's anyone out there who's falling in love, getting married, celebrating an anniversary. Okay, we'll dedicate uh, it to them. Nice. I'm gonna mute us and play that. And just like give me a thumbs up when you hear it. Each day like clockwork at quarter to four An old man with flowers walks past my door One day I 
asked him, so who lights up your world? He said, my beautiful bride, you know we still say the words. instrument was that is that like a french horn or something at the end yeah a little french horn but that was really tommy tommy was whistling 
Okay. I was going to ask because I, I, yeah. I always write notes when I do this because yeah. my daughter's uh, taking French horn right now. So yeah. I was like, that's, yeah, like, that's just like a French horn. Yeah. Not very, not, wow. What made her inspired her to play the French horn? That's cool. Uh, that's all they had. <laughs> <laughs> she, she really doesn't want to play French horn. She wants, she wants, she, <laughs> she wants out of band. And the teacher told her, he, she actually called me and said, don't let her quit. She's so good. She's the best French horn we have. Uh, but she's bored playing it, you know, she's, she's, she's too good. So she's bored, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're not teaching her fast enough for her to, to be interested in it. Mm -hmm. So she wants to do course and she wants to do, um, something else. She hasn't figured out yet because she always changes her mind what she wants to be. One day she wanted to be a uh, baker, then a vet. Um, right now she wants to be a professional wrestler because she watches wrestling with me. Yeah. She's 13. She's 13. 13. Well, gosh. So she's searching anyway, which is a good thing. Right. Yeah, so she's great. like me. She likes active stuff. So she wants to, like when I was that age, I wanted to either be um, a wrestler myself. Um, mm -hmm. And then it went to stuntman. Like, oh, I'm be a stuntman. That'd be fun. Or a bull rider. Oh, you know? cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do any of those things. I met a professional bull rider one time and he was at the doctor's office and I'm like, so how many bones have you broken? Because I've broken them all multiple times. You know, he says, stay away from it if you can. Yeah. It's not the life. It's a hard life. Yeah. Um, was that three, four times? What was it like yeah. a waltz? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You had a little dolly yodel in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, well, uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I love dolly influenced by dolly and Linda Ronstadt too. So, so maybe a little bit of both in there. I don't know. But uh, yeah. you, you have a really good voice. Uh, I like Thank that you. song. I really, I do like that song. And I said, I, when I'm, I know people don't like to get compared, but when you hear somebody that's, that hasn't got like a lot of music out, like you, you have music out, but like you, maybe you're not heard by a bunch of people, then I'm hearing you for the first time. So I'm going to compare it to somebody who I've heard multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I love Dolly. I love Dolly. I love, oh. um, you said Linda Ronstadt. I, I, I haven't listened much to her, but I do like her. My favorite female artist was Katie Austin. Oh my gosh. 80s lady ladies of yep. the 80s oh you, don't don't you i mean she had so many yes. great songs wasn't she just incredible oh, yeah. that was one lady i wanted to meet so bad because yeah. I, I know she, she was such a great songwriter yeah and her song do you you know do you still get a thrill coming up the hill that was mom and daddy's song that was yeah. their song and oh, mama hated oh. country music but she liked that song yeah no, she was she was incredible and what a uh you know like she she was a really a women's empowerment you know, she, she stood for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. She, she reminded me of my granny a lot, just, just because of her attitude, you mm -hmm. know, and she came out like when Reba did, but Reba's Reba McIntyre and you just can't touch Reba. I'm, I'm, yeah. it's, it's like when Kenny Chesney and Clay Walker kind of came out at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. Clay got sick and then Kenny just was, just took off and yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny how that stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, who was the other one I was just thinking of? Um, um, Oh, darn. We, we were just talking about, oh, Olivia Newton-John, of course, just passed away, right? Mm -hmm. Just lost Olivia Newton-John. And I mean, I mean, our generation loved Greece and, you know, I mean, come on. It's like, <laughs> like what a, what a lady, what a singer. She, she had a beautiful voice. That is probably one of my daughter's favorite movies is Greece. Oh, yeah. And she's 13. She's, a, she's because I, I, I taught them to, we watch like old movies together and stuff. So we, I actually wrote a song. Because I was, you know, have you ever heard of the, ba the band uh, Hailstorm? It's a, it's a female no. rock band. Sorry, no. Um, 
So I was sitting there, I'm watching Grease with my little girl, and they're doing the hand jive. And I'm like, what would the hand jive sound like if it was a rock song? And so I took the chords and I turned it into a rock song, but it's not cool. hand jive. It's a whole different song that I wrote, but it, but it can't, that's what it came from. And we're, it's funny, like inspiration wise. So that brings me to the question for you. What is some of the strangest inspirations you had for a song? Hmm. Well, the one on our, on our EP is called Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was truly based on a true story about finding a wounded nighthawk on the end of our, our yard in the broad daylight, which was weird anyway, because they're, they're nocturnal, right? They mm-hmm. fly at night. And, and, um, so that was one, um, let me think What's strangest. Oh, I know Tommy, <laughs> Tommy and I were in, uh, we were in England touring and, um, we were driving down the road, it, you know, run little country road, right? As you do, as you do. And uh, these bunnies were were on the road and they were like blind. And so I got out of the car. I said to Tommy, this, this bunny's not getting out of the road. And so Tommy pulled over and I went and the bunny was blind. And so I picked it up and I put it over in the field. And um, <clears throat> so that night, and on stage, I was talking about these bunnies, and I said, "You guys know you have blind bunnies around here," and they were so they started making a joke about it, and and then actually it's a disease, Tia, and you're gonna, you know, your hands are gonna fall off now that you picked up that blind bunny. So, so the next day we're at our friends Henry and and Henry Priestman and Peter Riley, and we're writing with them. And um, so I'm telling them the story and they started playing this really cool blues riff. And so we started writing, don't go chasing that rabbit. Don't go hunting that bear. <laughs> and and uh, so that kind of inspired the whole song about that. It was kind of kind of really bizarre. See, and that's why I ask stories for, for songs, because I, every song is so, like some of them. Yeah, you just think you sit down and you play and you write because you're thinking of it. But there's other ones that it inspires you yeah. to write a song. And I love that stuff yeah and i, I just yeah. songs about bunnies are funny i got a, a song called snuggle bunny i wrote for my wife uh, because uh, and i and i play it out a lot because that's one of the songs people love and I'll, it's I always uses the line because you know, there's some people in the relationship that are snuggle bunnies and some that are not and i fall into the i am not category <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter what i want <laughs> that's right she is she's your snuggle bunny that's cool we got one called traveling by guitar we wrote with wood newton mm-hmm. um wood wrote riding with private malone do you remember the song writing private and uh actually um woods Wood's a good friend of ours and so tommy and i we were sitting down on the row and tommy and, and wood newton were talking about guitars <clears throat> and wood musicians said, do <laughs> as right as, as and wood said tommy did you ever notice that guitars are shaped like women and tommy's got his big body gilled and uh, so Tommy says, well, I got a big bottom girl here. <laughs> and uh, so, so we wrote Traveling by Guitar, and the opening line is shaped like a woman and fun to hold. <laughs> oh, that's a good line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've had fun. This has been a, a very good interview to you. Thank you. Same here. We're Same. not done, I, I promise you. So we got some, what I usually do is, like I said, after this hour, we get um, one more song for you, and then we'll get into part of like a 20 questions type of game. Uh-oh. And I like, I like playing that game. Now, we, okay. like I said, we kind of went off the script anyway and talked, but yeah. honestly, I, everybody asked me, so what, how do we do this? What's the script? I was like, I don't have one. 
Okay. We'll talk, whatever you say, if I hear it and it makes me think of something, we'll go on that path and we'll walk it together and then we'll find our way back to music. <laughs> okay. Okay. So 20 questions. I freeze. This is why I didn't like school. I was always like, I just froze. <laughs> so. <laughs> See, uh, school, I wasn't oh. big, big into school either. I mean, I, I, I pushed my kids so hard to do mm -hmm. school because I wasn't, I mean, I never opened a book when I say I didn't open a book, unless I had to use it for a test. I literally never opened a book. I never studied. And I passed with passable grades. And that's, that was not how I want my kids to live. I want yeah. them to be smart. Uh, my, my oldest son, he just, he graduated with a master's from Georgia Southern. He now works for the air force and he makes more money than I do. And well, I'm so proud yeah. of him. And he's yeah. so cheap. <laughs> he's so cheap. <laughs> but because I, I brought him with my, my pest control company and I make him work. So he'd come and he would do, do the, uh, dig the ditches mm -hmm. because he couldn't touch the chemicals, but he could dig the ditch. And when he worked with me, I made him buy his own lunch. And if we were late, he had to buy his own breakfast. I'd buy his dinner if it was too late. So the fact that I'd made him do that, now he's so cheap. <laughs> he made he wanted to split a $20 movie with me. Daddy, I, I buy half. I mean, son, you, you just got a $10,000 sign-on bonus, and you, you're, you're griping about 20 bucks. Come on. <laughs> that's so why you love money, and we don't. That's right. Tom and I had that conversation tonight, and I was just saying, Tommy, you know what, um, you know, it's just like, like, this is why we don't have money. It's because we've just always gone after our passion, which has been songwriting. Mm -hmm. And we literally just had the conversation a few hours ago where we were just talking about the same thing. So hmm. See, nothing's, and that's, a coincidence. nothing's a coincidence, is it? Right. I think the bottom line is we love music. We love our songs. We love our songwriting and money comes and goes, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, and it goes back to where you saw about earlier. Like this is, it is a passion, but it, there's a, there's a cost for it. You know, mm -hmm. if you, and if you work hard at it, why do you want to just give it away? Well, right. The sacrifices, the 30 years of, 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 you know, moving to Nashville, move 30 years, you know, of, of moving to Nashville, of songwriting, being on the road, the, the wear and tear, the relationships, the family relationships, mm -hmm. everything that is, you know, the, the credit card debts, the everything else, the promoters you pay for at the, you couldn't run a business like that. You could not just run a business like that. Like I said, like a car dealership and say, well, you know what? I'll just give everyone a car today because I feel like it. And, <laughs> and maybe they'll come back and get a, get a, uh, get one down the road or they'll get a oil change here. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I, you know, we just can't do that. No. Let's get into this, uh, your final song. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's the last song you want us to hear? Hmm. Well, Tommy, there's a song on the album called Organic that is really fun and it's up, it's up light. And Tommy championed for this one to be on the album. And I was, at first I said, oh, this is kind of light and fluffy. And but Tommy was, you know what? I think, I think it's, it's needed and I think people will love it. And it just makes people feel good. And there's a line in there, Betty, uh, Mrs. Cheney. We, I actually have a friend, Betty Cheney. So we used her name in it. And, um, and lo and behold, um, one of the big folk station, folk shows out in Chicago, um, she, she called us and said, I'm going to play this over Labor Day when people are, have gone back to school and gone back to work and everything. And so, so that was kudos to Tommy for championing this one. And I just think it's a fun way to leave everyone with. Feeling, okay. feeling good and up, have a happy day kind of yes. thing. Yes, and it's organic, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Make sure I play the right one this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, right, mute us and we're going to try this. This is take one. <laughs> Splash a little water on my face Run the comb through my hair Everything's in place After all the rain that we've been through Oh, what a feeling The sky is powder blue Sunshine looking good today Got a smile on my face So natural I have to say It's gonna be An organic kind of day Think I'll walk to work Leave the car Stop and smell the flowers In Mrs. Janey's yard Sing along with buskers on the street Oh, feel the rhythm Of a new beat Good morning, sunshine That is such a catchy song. You know what it made me think of? All right. This is the vision that just popped in my head while I'm listening to this song. It's a commercial for organic food. It's kids running through like a farmer's market singing a song. It just it popped in my head. Yes. Yes. Wouldn't that? Oh, I hope there's someone listening. That yes. <laughs> if anybody I'm in organic American. foods is listening, this is this is the this is the song for your yeah. commercial. It 
I don't know if you ever seen that movie, uh, 40 year old virgin at the end where he's doing that weird dance montage. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think of with his song yeah. that, are like, that are like kids running through. Cause you know, kids are like, they're organic. Oh, it's gotta be organic. It's gotta be vegan. And it's gotta, you know, gluten-free oh, yeah. whole foods. Whole right. Foods. Yeah. So yeah. I just imagine them running through a, uh, like an outdoor farmer's market. Yeah. That's organic a, I love it. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing, like Tommy had, he had his great ears and he just said, this is just so we, we can't let this one just slide by. It's, it's got, it's, it's hooky and it's got, you know, it's got a good vibe to it. And, and um, so we had, we had a lot of fun recording it too. And I love the little galloping beat in it that goes along with it. It's probably what made me think of running was that galloping beat. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you record that one at? We started it here at our house in our studio okay. and we worked with Kevin Fisher on, on all of these. We would, okay. we would start them here, then send them over the wire out to California to his studio and he would work on them and send them back and back and forth. We'd go and, um, he mixed, he mixed and mastered it for us. Okay. Yeah. yeah and anybody, I tell everybody, if you've got any shout outs, anybody, please, by all means, I have no problem with you name dropping or mentioning anybody or anything like that, mm -hmm. because like I said earlier, it's it's a network community it's all about helping the other person yeah great. so but i like that that was that was real that was a good song to end on good, for ours. yeah yeah have an organic day everyone <laughs> and also that's our post-pandemic song right <clears throat> after all the rain that we've been through just you know um kind of that's like all the you know metaphor for <laughs> crap we've been through right? right it's like time to get out there and just start living again right yeah I'd, I'd have a fried chicken kind of day that's just because i'm in the south <laughs> <laughs> i got i got to get more on the organic side my wife is, <laughs> is telling me organic <laughs> it's so fun and this is like an off topic or whatever it has to on topic it's like when you go like to eat uh we'll go like chick-fil-a or something and get food and it's it amazes me i can't understand why a grilled chicken costs more than a regular chicken and a fruit cup costs more than fries. I cannot figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody know. can help me with that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Like, it's the same damn chicken. You're, you're just grilling it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and fruit is, I know fruit is easier to get than fries. It's all right. You come prepackaged. You just send it out. Come on people. <sighs> well, you know, and, and that's a good, like, Oh my gosh. And the price of food now shopping, like mm -hmm. how are families putting healthy food on the table when you can, you know, when it's, it's, and you don't, you know, it's just so easy to buy box stuff and, you know, like it, it is, it's difficult. It's yep. just, this might be something for, for someone, um, you know, with deep pockets and big heart to figure out how to get more fresh vegetables and fruit to families during this, during this, this inflation crisis we're all in right now. We had a restaurant here, well, close to here, and it was in uh, Marietta called Sweet Tomatoes, and it was just salads and healthy foods, and it ended up shutting down. I think the pandemic knocked it out, but I'm like, it was, it was actually really good. So I told my wife, I said, if, if I order, I'm eating fried chicken and, and mashed potatoes and all that stuff. I said, so from now on, if you want me to eat healthy, you have to order for me. So when we go out to eat for dinner, I give it to her like, all right, I'm going to go because I, the words will not come out of my mouth. When, when somebody asks me for food, it's fried chicken. I want a fried chicken sandwich, whatever. So I say, you order for me. I go to the bathroom. I come back, whatever I have, I'll just shut up and eat it because I'm, I'm so I'm cheap too. So if the food's there and I already paid for it, I'll eat it, whether it tastes like crap or not. <laughs> that's, that's just me. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Does she ever have the fried chicken waiting for you there then? Uh, if she orders new. 
No, because she she's vegetarian. She's ah. a, she, I, I call she says she's very vegetarian, but she's a bad vegetarian. Because every time I make pork, pork chops, I tell her that's not a vegetable. Stay away from my pork chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she sounds she's, lovely. She sounds she's so funny, lady. She she's been she gets mentioned a lot on my podcast, and I met her. Uh, we've been married for fourteen years. So, oh, that's the same as well. T- yeah, it's about Tommy and me too. Yeah, she's Great. my my second marriage. And I told her my last. I don't plan yeah. on getting married again. Uh, my oldest is from. I had custody of him from a previous marriage. She helped raise him. Um, he she's the one that got him uh, her GI because she's in the military. So she got the GI Bill went to him. His college was paid for. Wow. And so he, he became at his master's and, and like he works for the Air Force. Yeah. And now we have twins together. They're her kids and my kids. And it, it's I told her, I said, I, I'm at that point in my life where I, I, I nobody's gonna put up with me and I just can't put up with anybody else. So. Yeah. No, and you do, you, they, you know, you, you're, you're such a part of each other's story mm-hmm. that you can't imagine it not, right? Yeah, she has to be careful though, because I'm a songwriter. So she better be careful what she's saying. She's like, she's, oh, oh, really? I was like, wait a minute, you're saying what? So I'm writing yeah, down. Let me, let me get yeah. this. <laughs> let me write this down. <laughs> Never mind, whatever. <laughs> well, so, Tommy and I got married in Savannah, Georgia. Really? That's where my yeah. son's getting married next year in Savannah. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful there. We love it. We love they it. went to the, um, I think there's like a serial killer. Uh, hall of fame or something up there like a museum oh. they went and visited and i'm like you're gonna get married to the woman who wants to take you up to that's like a uh, son uh, we need to talk yeah <laughs> but my little girl like pod we talk about podcasts Have you ever listen to morbid you listen to the other podcast yeah 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 um you know what morbid the morbid podcast is no i'm sorry i'm sorry no it's a serial killer podcast Oh, okay. So my okay. little girl, I was listening to it one day because I I like to listen to other podcasts to kind of get ideas how to do certain things or mine just to, to mix it up. And so I'm driving back from Mississippi and I thought everybody was asleep. So I'm listening to a morbid podcast about serial killers. Now my daughter starts listening to it and she loves it. So she's listening religiously to it and then she gets freaked out. So she'll turn on Christmas music so that it makes her feel better. Oh, wow. I was like, it, yeah. yeah. I said, you need to stop. If it scares you, stop listening. No, it's really interesting, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were watching um, Ozark during during the pandemic, like binge watching Ozark. And I found it kind of like I can I can relate to your daughter because I found that at night I wasn't sleeping. I was having these. And I and I so I said to Tom, we got to limit how many episodes we're watching Ozark. <laughs> Because it just started getting darker and darker and darker and, you know, and, and, uh, it was disturbing. Like it gets into your psyche after a while. Yeah. That was, uh, I've never seen it, but that was filmed right around here. That's right. Yes. Because the credits say yes, Georgia. It was filmed right down the road. Um, there's a a place called JD's on the lake. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where the, the lake stuff was, was shot. I haven't seen their houses. That's where their house is in the, in the, wow. Cool. Yep. So that's like probably from here, 15 minutes away. If, have you, if, so you haven't seen Ozark? You haven't watched never, it? I haven't seen it. Oh, well, you guys have to watch it then. Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> but put the kids in the other room. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, before we get into the 20 questions game, it's not really 20 questions, but it's kind of a 20 questions. I got it from another podcast. It was an idea. I thought it was fun. Uh, tell everybody all your social media, where they can find you and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, my website, Tia McGrath. Dot com and it's T-I-A-M-C-G-R-A double F is in Frank dot com. 
And um, all the links are right on the homepage there to, to Facebook is Tia McGrath's, Twitter, Tia McGrath, um, <clears throat> LinkedIn, Instagram. We also have our podcast show on there, Jake's Place Songs and Tales. You can catch the latest um, episode of that. We have our, our Lake Country store, which you can buy our merchandise. And my children's book is on there. And some children's, if there's any teachers out there or children who want to bring in the, um, we, we did some um, a show last year, actually a nine set um, series of songs and tales, which teaches songwriting to the, to the student and book reading and everything else. So it's in there. That's cool. And I, I want to check that stuff out because I, I like, I like the idea of, of writing. I never, I never really could write stories. I mean, you think I could, cause I'm a songwriter and it's not true. I could write the stories. It's just my English teacher always hated my punctuation. She was like, that's not where that goes. Jesse, you don't put a comma there. You don't put a period. That's come on, leave me alone. Oh, I'm going to oh. write songs. And then you can't tell me a daggum thing. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I've had fun to you. Thank this you. Is, yeah. Thank you, Jesse. This has been great. We've talked for an hour and a half almost. <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been talking and yeah. and i like interviews like that because it's like i said it's a conversation i'm getting to know you now you know it's not just an interview with friends we're talking it's, it's fun so now we're going to get to know you a little bit oh. outside of music oh. um 20 questions i always i'm gonna start with what i always ask everybody what is a hidden talent what is a hidden talent what is your hidden talent my hidden talent yes cooking okay I love to cook. I love making soups. Fried chicken? <laughs> fried chicken? No, no, I don't make fried chicken. Sorry. Um, um, so I love making soups from scratch. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother was Transylvanian. And so there, she always made these. We were over visiting Transylvania a couple years ago. Tommy and I went over and the soups were to die for. And, and I just, I don't know, like I just have this natural gift for nothing left in the house, which is what my dad said my grandmother used to do. They had nine kids. They were, they were immigrant, um, you know, sharecroppers. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the week, it was either her crepes, her, her little thin crepes, which were just basically, they didn't have anything left in the house, but, but eggs and milk and flour, mm -hmm. um, or soup, right? Whatever's left and you just throw it in a pot and make soup. So I love now, making soup. Now you said Transylvania. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to have to ask about Transylvania because everybody knows when you say Transylvania, it's the first thing they think of, you know, Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. vampires. So I want to hear a little bit about Transylvania. Kind of explain the culture, what it's like over there. Cause I'd love to visit it. It probably would freak me out a little bit just because of the stories and the. Yeah, the it, it's beautiful. Um, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of American tourists there. We flew from, from London. We flew from Gatwick over to, um, Cluj-Napoca, and it's, so it's in Romania. Um, Transylvania is like a little country kind of inside of Romania. And it goes back to, you know, 500 or something AD. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother's church, we found her church. It was built in 1200. Wow. Yeah. And um, so she spoke a different language. It was called Saxon and and when she came over, it was part of the Hungarian-Austrian Empire. And then after World War II, of course, it, it changed over to, Rom to Romania. Mm -hmm. They had to flee the whole deal. But she came over in 1930, so before World War II. 
and it's just the culture is just amazing over there a lot of music oh my gosh you talk about songwriters and everything else just the music is beautiful the countryside is beautiful there's castles everywhere dracula um was actually a ruler count count dracula was um based on vlad the impaler mm -hmm. Right. And so if you talk to Transylvanians, they're like, Vlad is kind of their hero because he saved them from the Turks and everything. And and he would impale his prisoners just to scare the army, the Turkish army. And um, so but then through folklore and everything else. Right. And the English Bram Stoker, he made it into Dracula, the <laughs> vampire. <laughs> yes, and there will forever be vampires in yeah, Transylvania yeah. <laughs> and werewolves and just that's that was cool. See, if I hadn't done this, I would have never known that. And that's a that's a cool tidbit that nobody would have you're the no. first person I've ever had on the show from Transylvania or have any Transylvania oh, uh heritage. There you go. We have to save this for Halloween then. We'll yes. Halloween <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> See, now if you ever come to the house when I do it here, I have two places I either do the interviews. I do one in the studio. Uh, if it's raining or hot or cold uh, now, but it's not finished, or I have a gazebo and I oh. do it outside in a gazebo. I take my computer and my PA system and we record, but it's also by the family graveyard. So cool. the family graveyard is right there. And I have, uh, <laughs> there's this lady named Allison. I've told us before. She's probably tired of me telling everybody, but she came up there around October. So mm -hmm. she got there late. She's from Atlanta. It's like an hour drive from Atlanta here. So she got here and it was kind of getting dark already, but we're already set up up there. So we're doing our interview and it's now it's pitch black and all, all you get is the light from the computer. Right. And you got a graveyard right there and I'm out in the woods and I'm saying I'm in the woods. I'm on top of the mountaintop. I'm in the woods. So all kinds of noises are running through the woods mm -hmm. and it's freaking her out. She's what is that? What is that? It's, and it's so fun. And it happened to fall around Halloween when we did it. So it was really fun. Oh, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> so great. if you ever get up here, come on down and we'll, we'll get you on there. Yeah. We'll you the gazebo. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. If, if somebody did a movie about the story of your life, hmm. who would play you? Hmm. I answered this question not long ago. Um, and um, my mind's gone blank again. <laughs> They must have watched the same or listened to the same podcast I did. <laughs> she played in a million dollar baby. Um Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. I love Hillary Swank. She's such a great actress. I, I just yeah, I love her. And and I would want her because I think she would do um everything I've seen her in, she 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 has a she finds the depth in the humans, like like Million Dollar Baby. I I can watch that. I love Clint Eastwood. I mean, I just mm -hmm. love Clint Eastwood movies. But I just, there's something about that movie that just, I, I see her character and I relate to it. And um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes. Yes, boss. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I, that was, I'm going to make my kids watch it. That and Rocky's right up there with them. They're old enough now oh, yeah. not, not to be bored with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they're young, you can't put them on drama. They're like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're playing on their phones and iPad and stuff. <laughs> um, if, if is there a soundtrack that would be the story of your life? Do you remember the movie on Golden Pond? Mm -mm. Did you ever see the movie on Golden Pond? I don't think so. With uh, <laughs> oh, it's it's beautiful. You got to watch it. It's um, Henry Fonda and Jane Fonda's in it. Okay. And it takes place up north, and they're you know, and um, 
she's working out issues with her dad and her mom is is Catherine Hepburn and and then there's this young boy in it who's just great and he has a cool role <clears throat> and so the music that plays through it is just incredible it's just beautiful I mean you just hear the music alone and you're crying but it's it's um there I I would say that this okay. this the film track to on Golden Pond when he first said it, I was thinking it was a James Bond movie. Like, okay, James Bond. <laughs> that would be Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy would pick that. that yeah. That's what I was thinking. Or Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones would be Tommy's. <laughs> My wife still won't watch that. And I, t- I told her it's a good show. Oh, I love Game of Thrones. That was a good, that was a good show. All right. If. We know you do your music and you play and you sing, but if somebody else could sing your songs, who would you want to sing them? Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. I, I figured that Dolly. Dolly. Everybody, yeah. want, I want Dolly to sing my songs. Yeah. I don't even care. I want to go. To, I want to go to a Dolly part in concert and hear her do Tia McGrath songs. <laughs> that would be cool. That 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 thing that's every song writer. Let me go to the concert and listen. Like Dean Dillon, every George Strait always picks a Dean Dillon song and puts on his albums. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be wow, wow. My son, Gibson, uh, one of the twins, he just got back from Dollywood. And he tried to play a joke on me. He goes, oh, yeah, Dolly was there. I was like, you know, she wasn't. I know Dolly wasn't at Dollywood. But she did actually go like in March. I was reading up on it. But she hardly ever goes to Dollywood. Yeah, that's really? She doesn't go? Because I was kind of hoping she would. No, I think she goes like when it first opened back up, she did. And then like special occasions, she may show up and come to it. But I mean, she's so busy. She's got so much that she does. I mean, now she's making a rock album because she's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. (laughs) So she said, now I got to make a rock album. (laughs) Yeah, she she tried to turn it down. Yeah. That's just how how Dolly is. I'm not a rocker. Why am I in a Rock Hall of Fame? That's right. Because you're Dolly. Yeah. She did a cover of Stairway to Heaven, though, and made it yes. bluegrass. Have you heard that? Yes, it was incredible. Yes. So yeah. there's she, she's rock. She just yeah. bluegrass is it's just banjo instead of electric guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are uh, three, th- three things on your bucket list? Three things on my bucket list. I want to get a, I would really love to, well, I want to finish my next Jake book, which I'm mm-hmm. working on. And it's been quite a journey in itself because during the pandemic, and I thought, you know, I'm, why is this taking me so long to write it? And, and then I'm hearing other authors saying the same thing, right? In, in other artists, it's just, there's something that happened during this pandemic that is making art harder to finish and complete and whether it's a good thing or anyway, I want to finish my book. I would love to get, I would love to have a publishing deal where I could walk into a big bookstore and, and just see my book on the shelves and, you know, and, and, and I've already started dabbling at it by self-publishing and um, doing consignment deals here in, you know, Indigo, we have Indigo bookstores, they're mm-hmm. like Barnes and Nobles. Um, but I would love to do that. I would just love to know that, that my children's books had an opportunity to reach all around the world, not just, you know, self-publishing. And uh, so that's one, I guess. Um, the second would be to go back to Transylvania with Tommy and Scotland, which is my mom, and also to take him to Spain. Tommy is Spanish and Native American. So I would love to, to take him to Spain and go back to Romania and travel again sometime just for fun, not even touring, you know. And the third, we want to start a, 
we would love to start something called Jake's Place, which is a, a animal shelter for dogs who can't be rehomed, you know, or won't be rehomed. Like maybe it's a, maybe it's like your, your lab who's 14 and for whatever reason, you guys can't keep him anymore. And mm -hmm. you know that to take him to a animal shelter, he'll be just probably put down. Right. So we would love to have that opportunity to have dogs, you know, there have a nice place in the country. They can retire and cross the rainbow bridge. <laughs> right. And then when somebody tells you they took the dog to the farm, it's actually a farm and not to be put down. Not the farm, right? <laughs> not right. the farm. They didn't buy the farm, right? Right. Yeah. So, so, so you mentioned books. So what is your the last book that you read? Um, I well, my Bible. I I read my Bible every morning. Okay. And um, do my devotionals. Um, <clears throat> I um. There's a, there's, um, let me see what, what book I'm reading right now. Um, there's one I just bought, which I haven't started reading yet, but it's called uh, Braiding Sweetgrass. And it was, I was doing a child, an author signing um, in Chicago and, and a, a lady was in the store and she said, you need to buy this book. It's a really great book. So it's, it's, a, it's about Native American um, culture and growing up with natural medicines and healing which going back to my Transylvanian roots, my great grandmother apparently was a natural um, healer. Naturally, like she did homeopathic healings over there and was quite famous for it. And my grandmother told me this. So yeah, so I'm, I'm interested in this book. That is really cool. I know when I get hurt, I just put cold water on it. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Water solves it, it cures a lot, doesn't it? Heals what I tell her, if, if a bear can do it, I can do it. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go to the pharmacy, they go to the river and stand in it. And that's they right. Feel better. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's all against like getting chemicals and stuff. And so she's like, but you got any more than cold water? Nope. Cold water works for me. That's mm -hmm. it. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. So who's your favorite author then? My favorite author, I love James McMurtry. Okay. Or Larry, I'm sorry, Larry McMurtry, Larry McMurtry, The Lonesome Dove. That's my very favorite, my very favorite series, Lonesome Dove. Um, <clears throat> Larry McMurtry's books, and um, they're just, I've got them, and they're like this thick, and they take, you <laughs> know, Comanche Moon took me like a year to read through it, and um, just because I, you know, I would have to read three pages and stop. It was so heavy, but um, I love Larry McMurtry. Uh, well, you mentioned Lonesome Dove. What's your favorite TV show? I would say Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. That one, yeah. Yeah. I never really watched that. I watched Highway to Heaven with my mom. She loved that show. And then Chips when I was younger. I don't remember yeah. Chips, the motorcycle. Cops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking the miniseries, like mm -hmm. with um, with uh, Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Um, TV, we're watching Heartland. Do you guys ever watch Heartland? Mm -hmm. it's, it's based in, it's... Um, it's a, a horse whisper. The, the girl in is a horse whisper based on a ranch out in Alberta, Canada. And uh, they have bull riding and everything in, comes into it. So, yeah. I know my wife tried to get me to watch. I, I've never seen Yellowstone, but she tried to get me to watch 1883. Yes, we loved it. Oh, it was fantastic. Did you like it? I haven't, I've seen one episode of 1883 and I haven't watched Yellowstone yet. Yeah, Tommy and I love Yellowstone 1883. Okay. Uh, Faith and Tim McGraw were amazing in it, I think, in 1883. Yeah, the yeah. first episode was like really, really good. I mean, Tim McGraw is a good actor anyway. He is very good. And Faith did a beautiful job. She's, yeah. 
I remember her in Stepford Wives. That's the first time I think I've seen her in a movie with uh, Matthew Broderick. Oh, yes. Seen that one? <laughs> yes. Was was Nicole Kidman in that one too? Is that the the, uh, the remake that had her in it? And I think uh, she was in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she was. I think it was his wife, and then Faith Hill was like the 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 Stepford wife. So it was like right out of it. it like yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I got one more question for you. Okay. Um, what's the best advice you ever got? Best advice I ever got. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, my when I first won, talked about the Canadian Open Country Singing Contest, and <clears throat> I brought home my beautiful big trophy and everything. And my dad, my family, my mom and dad were having a party for us, and we had family and friends there and everything. And everyone's admiring this trophy. And and I remember that night, my dad pulled me aside into the kitchen, and he said, "Listen, this is pretty heady stuff. It's going to be happening now, right?" And he said, it's not that trophy. It's not about that trophy. Don't you get hung up on that trophy. Um, that's just a piece of metal kind of thing. It's, it's the accomplishment and it's a success and it's the journey that you're going to be traveling on. And so a few years ago we were moving and I had cleaning out the basement. I had this box of trophies. And lo and behold, this one was in there. And by now it's dusty, it's broken, the year's broken off, you know, <laughs> and everything else. And it ended up, I, I, I tossed that box of trophies. I threw them out. I had a drag racing trophy in there. I'd won a drag <laughs> racing trophy. And I tossed the whole box. And I, it was kind of very, it was very healing in some way because I thought, you know, my, my dad was right. You know, these trophies come and go and stuff, but, they, and they, but it was more the journey, it's the journey. And the people you meet along the way that that really mean a lot. Yeah, because you always enjoy the journey. It's not the destination. Exactly. Right. Right. The, you, you mentioned drag racing. You can't throw that out there and not explain. Oh. What, what did you drag race? Um, uh, nineteen. What was it? Nineteen seventy-eight Corvette. Oh wow. <laughs> My boyfriend at the time had a beautiful Corvette and um, we went down to the drag races and they were doing the high school challenge and he entered me into it. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. He goes, listen, this is the Christmas tree. This is how you follow the Christmas tree. Just do it. And and sure enough, my I pulled up and the guy beside me is in a Corvette. And uh, so I ended up, I, wa- I went around and, and got my, I beat this guy and I won a little trophy. <laughs> <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah. That is that is cool. See, and that's why I ask these questions. It, it leads to other stuff. I could yeah. probably do it in the beginning, but I'm not going to. I, I I have I like to save it for the end because normally when I do hidden talents, that it, I'll make people. You gotta be careful what you tell me because if you tell me you can yodel or you can do this or this, I'm gonna get you to do it. Yeah. But since you're cool. cooked, I mean, you just get when you get here. I gotta I, I expect a bowl of soup. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for coming on the show to you. I had so much fun. And it'll be a couple of weeks. Uh, there's one got cows in front of you, and then yours will come out. Okay. And what I'll do is when your episode comes out, I will go ahead and add one of your songs to the weekly top 10 countdown. Oh, great. Um, and the way that works is it's all fan based vote. So I'll give you, I'll add you to the, um, the group messenger at that time where okay. I send the links to it. And you just like it and share it with all your family, friends, fans. 
and you have a week to get as many votes as you can. Oh, awesome. If you have enough votes, you move forward week to week. And then, like I said, if you stay in for 12 weeks, then you get officially retired, but you also get featured on a Muriel, who's one of the people in there. She runs a radio station in Paris. Well, she'll feature you and your music there too. So you'll get featured. If even if you don't make it number one, if you last yeah. the whole 12 weeks, you'll still get featured. That's kind oh, of, that's, oh, great. that's a new, that's a, I'm saying Thank feature you. a lot. That's a new feature for, for the Georgia songbirds. Yeah. And of course your song should be in rotation as I'm adding them to the, um, to the new music Monday. Yeah. So after they play there, I put them into rotation onto the, on the actual radio station. And right now it's all automated. I just don't have time to, to be the actual live DJ. Yeah. So it's set, but it, it's in there and it's okay. with other songs. I don't know if you ever listened to it, but it's with, you'll hear who's on there now. I'll show you right now who just played. Cause I saw DJ. your list today came out and I share yesterday, I think came out. Which one? The list came out. You, you were playing one of them. Oh yeah. 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 Yours just, just went in there. So it's, uh, yeah. let me pull that up. I got to, exit out of there i've done multiple my internet out here is so bad but i'll, I'll show it to you in just a second when that, when that loads but again thank you for coming on the show thank you jesse this has been great and we'll tell, thank michael too for lining this up this yep. is great tell yeah. everybody where they can find you one more time and then okay. i'll show you the stuff off there too yeah uh website tmagraph.com and on there you can find all our socials facebook twitter um instagram and um our store is on there. Uh, you can drop us an email and our podcast show, Jake's Play Songs and Tales. Okay. So, yeah, right now that the people that are playing, um, Kieps One, Don Henley, Tyler Halsey, Ricky Combs, Macklemore. So, Beautiful. they just, where's the random people? And I, it's just music I like and, and of course, mm -hmm. singer songwriter stuff too. So, that's that's a part of the why, why I did it that way. I'm, I always make jokes when I do the interviews and stuff or the, the new music Mondays. I'm like an iPod shuffle because I, I love all kinds of music. I yeah, have rock, great. country, everything. Jesse, it's awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> so again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys stay, stay healthy and safe. And we'll look forward to seeing you sometime in Georgia. Okay. Yep. And whenever you guys want to co-write, I'm really, I'm up for it. I'd yeah. love to try. We get together. Um, we can do obviously do Zoom because I'm yeah. I won't be in Canada anytime soon. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great. Tommy, yeah, Tommy would love that. You'll you'll love Tommy and I know he'll love meeting you too. So working with you. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank right. you to you. Thanks. Say hi to your family too, okay? All right. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Okay. Bye. Bye.